Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower. I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. And you can listen to our Warren Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Warren Radio is on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music in Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchor, and Pocket Cast. And do not miss the featured posts this week of our in-depth biblical articles and radio shows. Featured on both warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Still the darkness and the rising. Featured on danaglinsmith.com. Choosing life and blessing instead of judgment. America's prophecy is a harbinger of portent. Loving the, loving the brethren in Christ Jesus. America House of Long Shadows Featured on Warren-USA.com Children of God Book of Romans Part 16 Antichrist Terror Faith Advocacy Gospel Report Shaking Nations Advocacy Amidst Global Lawlessness Day of Indignation comes Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 88, on Battle Lines. And don't miss these Warren Radio episodes from November 1st through the 3rd. Wednesday's Advocacy Show, King of Kings, Coming King, Middle East, Iran, Israel, Spiritual Warfare, Gospel. Thursday's Battle Lines, his Glory Upon You, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 195. Friday, Sound the Shofar, Kingdom War and the Coming King, Stand Therefore, Part 10. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana G. Smith. There's Danger and Intrigue. Dark forces plotting. The nation as it is at risk. Can Mac save the United States? Everything was okay, or so they thought. A truth so unbelievable, it took a miracle to fight back. Don't miss the rising. And the rising continues the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, and details the takeover of America. Hidden within the storyline of The Rising is the truth of what's happening in America now. And you can get your copy of The Rising by going to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Ingram, Walmart, Angus & Robertson, and many more. And the Rising ebook can be found on Google Play. And you can also get your copy of The Rising by going to danaglinsmith.com. And while on the site, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter and visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. (laughs) 
Thanks, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What's going on? Well, let's see. What's going on? Well, the show's going on. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. That, that's a big, big question. Well, at any rate, here we are, another Thursday night. Yeah, <coughs> on November 9th already. So tonight on Battle Lines, Gentiles shall come, Isaiah's prophetic book, part 196. Gentiles shall come unto the Lord their God through Jesus Christ our Lord. They shall come unto Zion, Jerusalem, for these for these came out of the nations of men and found the brightness of the Son of God rising amidst the darkened nations. Therefore, in this prophecy and associated ones, we find the redemptive promises of the redemption of the Gentiles who were considered heathen. Here they come with gifts and honor to rest in the glory of God and of a redeemed Zion, the city of God. Today, while nations of men in their proclivities celebrate other gods and look to walk in ways contrary to the will of God, there is coming a day when all this will end. In its place will have risen the righteousness and the glory of the God of Israel and the Son of Almighty God, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, to whom the Gentiles shall come. And now back to you. I'll see Thank you on you. the other side. We were at the verse, uh, Isaiah 60 and verse 2, and we have to include that when we get into this week's. So verse 2 says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And of course, the Lord's glory shall arise upon thee. I mean, you know, the apostles point out quite vividly that all have sinned and come short of the glory. There's none righteous. You know, we didn't come on our own. God sent his son to come after us. <laughs> We're like the lost sheep, as the Lord says, and we get in the other pasture and never get back, and then we get lost. He has to come over and get us out of the devil's pasture. So, I mean, this is literally mankind. And uh, all you have to do is, is look at history. You can, biblical history. And, and you can see the trouble. And uh, so we're going to be down here looking at that. You know, and, and the good thing here now, of course, the Gentiles here, the prophecy is on the Gentiles coming to thy light. And that's to the Lord's light. That is to his king. And that is to Yahshua, Jesus Christ. And kings will come to the brightness of thy rising. They're all, they are all going to come. But we are a nation of kings and priests unto God, Scripture says. So, and, and I think that, you know, when we look at this, it, it begins, although it's prophesied in Isaiah, it begins when the Lord comes as the Redeemer to die on the cross to redeem us the first time. Because in that time of the Roman Empire, they did have Jews there. The Jews did have a temple. But even when the Lord came and, and he talked to them, uh, they refused to believe him. And uh, and he told him over and over, he says, I'm telling you the things that uh, that God told me to tell you. And he says, I know him. And he says, if I... If I say I don't know him, I'll be a liar like you are. <laughs> so, you know, we have darkness. They didn't believe him. They didn't accept him. They didn't receive him. Now the people on the street pretty much did. Jews and Gentiles both. Even uh, the Roman centurion. So there are those that received him. He was a great light in a time of darkness. 
And when he left, he commanded the apostles to go into all the worlds and take that light to every creature. Now, throughout that time since then, we have had the gospel going forth, which is the light of Christ. But these prophecies line up when we look at this and we see uh, beyond that per se and into the end time. Because we know from the prophets that, you know, when you go through Revelation, it misses a few things. It, and you need other prophecies um, from certain places. And they fill in the blanks for you. And so we consider the prophets a viable source of end-time prophecy. And so, you know, when, when the Lord came, uh, the Jews knew the prophecy. They knew who the Christ was, uh, the anointed one. They knew who the Messiah was, you know, from Scripture. It's not that they were stone-faced dumb. They knew it. But they saw Jesus, uh, Yeshua, as the son of a local carpenter from Bethlehem, I mean from uh, uh, Galilee in there. I think that's where he was from. But his original uh, was Bethlehem. And the reason he got moved was because of the persecution that went on and the trouble. And, uh, you know, he was uh, went down into Egypt for a while and came back. And uh, when they came back, they wound up over where he was. And so <laughs> the, the Jews never considered that, hey, this wasn't his first home. You know, that's just the way they were. And it's too bad because if they had figured that part out, they would have known exactly where he was born. You thought that they could have asked Mary or Mary would have spoke up. You'd have thought that they would have asked uh, Joseph. He would have told them. I mean, the information was there. It's like it's plain as the nose on your face for crying out loud. And and he was insistent. He told him he knew things. He read. He knew the law. He knew the letters uh, of the law. He knew how to read them. He knew what it was. And people were baffled at everything he knew without studying. He already knew it. So now we're entering into the point in Isaiah. And this is the part where we talk about the Gentiles coming to the light and the kings. We talk about the glory of God, the coming. Where We talk about the, the Jews coming to know the Messiah. So in 60 and verse 3 it says, And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy coming. Now see, in this verse, although we're looking ahead beyond where we're at now, the Gentiles have already come to the light because they uh, they came to the Messiah when he was first on the earth. And so uh, there's a lot of different things we can look at here, including the way the Gentiles have uh, put prophecy up and how they expect the Gentiles to get raptured out and how the Jews are going to go through the tribulation and all that. I don't get into all that. We're just taking it straight from Isaiah, looking at what he has to say. So the Gentiles are going to come to the light, and kings to the brightness of thy coming. So you have Gentiles and you have kings. But then when you look at the gospel, you know, we are kings and priests unto God. So we have a special anointing. So you have to consider these things. Now in Isaiah 2, 2 through 5, and uh, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall it be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. We will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations, he shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. And nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And O house of Jacob, come ye, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now see, these are, these 
verses here are very pertinent. And, you know, we look at this during the time of the millennial reign of Christ because he's going to come back. But if we get into Zechariah and we look at some of the other prophecies, we see that, that there is a time when Jerusalem is going to be attacked and it's going to be very, um, very complete attack, very dangerous. And, of course, we have several attacks that people look at you know, Ezekiel 38, Psalm, I think it is 83. Um, a lot of those can take away from what we're really looking at here. We are looking for the time when the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. And they're, they're going to say, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now during the millennial reign, the Lord will rule and reign there because it will fulfill a promise uh, to David of the Davidic promises. And it tells how you judge among the nations. There is a judgment of nations in scripture, shall rebuke many people. And there's going to be a time of peace when they beat their swords into plowshares. And, and so you see, you see an economy going from a war economy to an economy of, of uh, sowing and planting and reaping and not of war. So it, it's a peace time. And so the plea here is directly to the house of Jacob to come and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now see... The real thing, when we look at this, you know, God sent both houses of Judah, I mean both houses of Israel, into bondage, the northern tribes and Judah. And Judah was away for 70 years, and the northern tribes, we call them the lost tribes. But there, there is a regathering of all of them, and there's a time when they're all going to come back. But when we look at prophecy and we consider, uh, you know, one of the best times when the house and, you know, the temple were at its peak was during the time long ago when uh, Solomon reigned. And it was glorious. And so you can truly say that that was one where... Uh, <coughs> Israel was at her peak, at the top of its game. And this was where they, you know, when we look at that, that, that's when they were just, you know, every nation honored them. And they always had tributes. They always had people coming there. So this was the glory. You know, we look at Solomon, and we also uh, consider that to be a type of the reign of Christ when he comes. But Solomon was no Christ. He, he was not the Lord. He was just a man. And he sinned. And right after his reign, you know, the house of Israel was divided into two houses. And see, they've never been united since. But there is a prophecy talking about Ephraim, uh, you know, and uh, Judah being united, all, all of them together. So, so the whole point of this is we look through these things and we consider that this is something that we're going to see. Now, see, Israel doesn't have, you know, the temple of the Lord. They have synagogues. And, you know, the synagogue, if we consider what Paul says, that the Antichrist, the beast, and we look in Second Thessalonians, and they talk about the man of sin, the son of perdition, he'll set himself up in the temple of God, declaring that he is God. Now see, this is in, this is written by a Jewish apostle who was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He knew the word inside and out, and he writes to the Gentiles, 
telling them that this guy is going to come into the temple of God. And they're, they're going to know what a temple of God is. It's not like a Gentile church. It is the temple. It's considered as the temple of God. And so uh, when they go into it, you know, he declares himself God. Now that's when we look and see that the, that the Antichrist is going to use that in, in order to declare himself God. But the fact that he goes into the temple, the question remains, how did he get into the temple? Was he invited? And many people consider that when he comes in, people will receive him as the true Messiah. And he will come into the temple, declare himself to be God. At such time, they realize that he's not because we're looking for the Messiah. Even, even, and, and, so there are some issues in here, but uh, so Micah four one through five. But in the last days shall come that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be stopped, established in the top of the mountains. Practically the same thing uh, that we read in Isaiah, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow into it. Now. You know, with all the stuff going on in Israel and the whole world hating Israel, you wonder how in the world is Israel going to get a temple of God built and have the status that all the nations want to come in. The nations don't want to come into Israel. The nations hate Israel today. A lot of them. And there's a lot of anti-Semitism. And, and what did Israel do so bad? They defended <coughs> themselves. You know, they went after the people who slaughtered their people. And so now everybody hates Israel. It would have been fine if they just took it and cried and wept and did nothing. But see, Israel, if, if they don't retaliate, there, there's not going to be nothing left of Israel. Israel is a tiny nation. So this is the things to consider when we read in both these places that you're going to have a mountain of the house of the Lord. It's going to be established at the top of the mountains. And, you know, so, and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. So this is, you know, I, it says on the top of the mountain. And so the, we look to the traditional mountains uh, and, uh, and many nations shall come and say, come and let's go to the mountain up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his path, for the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Because the Lord will be there. And, and this will take place during the um, millennium. That's the estimated time. And so he talks about the same thing. You'll judge among many people or rebuke strong nations far off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. That's because they're in the millennium. It's going to be peace. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. That's hard to believe, but it's going to happen. Neither shall they learn war anymore. And they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree. This is one of my favorite verses. Because I tell people, I look to the time when I can sit under my vine and my fig tree and do nothing. Just, you know, all this will be over. You know, that's what it says. They shall sit every man under his vine, under his fig tree. I've never had a vine. I never, never had a fig tree. But this says I'm going to. So, and none shall make them afraid. Think of that. You're not going to be afraid. Israel won't be afraid. Israel, the Jews get get scared over the years because of... Uh, what eventually happened to him uh, via Hitler. So Now something has to happen in between the time they get this uh, temple of the Lord. And, and that's what we find in, in Revelation and the tribulation. And so, you know, we're not there yet, kids. Not there at all. And the thing that I like here... We're in uh, Revelation eleven fifteen through 18. Now this is the culmination. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Now that's the beginning 
of his kingdom and the millennial reign of Christ. At the end of the thousand years, there's some events that happen, but eventually everything's going to be changed and the temple coming out of heaven, you know, will. And, and see, this is where, where we're looking at too. We're looking at the third temple being built. That's Ezekiel's temple. But then we also look for the temple out of heaven to come down where God will be here and the sun will be here. They'll, they'll both be here with us. So, in verse 18, And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead that should be judged, that thou shouldst give reward unto thy servants and prophets, and to the saints and them that fear thy name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. Now that's at the end of the tribulation when he comes. And he's going to destroy those who destroy the earth. And I make a point to point this out. You know, it's going to get so bad during this in the tribulation. There will be those on this earth that will work to destroy the earth. Now you wouldn't think so. I mean, where are we going to go if they destroy the earth? The answer is there's nowhere to go. And so... That's what they work at. So he will destroy those who have done this to the earth. Because when you destroy the earth, you destroy people that live on the earth. And so these are the things. See, he's coming back, not just as Lord of Lord and King of Kings, but he's coming back as the Lord of the justice. He is going to ration out justice. And it's going to be cut and dried. And then when we look at the Holy Jerusalem, then we think of everything uh, that's complete. Now that's why John went into so much effort to give you a picture of this. And, uh, and this is the one that even the Jews have talked about. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending from heaven out of God. That's where, this is the place, uh, the official heaven residence of our Lord God. And the holy Jerusalem, and it's coming down out of heaven. And some people see that it's not going to just rest on the earth, but it's going to hover above the uh, surface of the earth. I think it's just going to come and sit down because there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, there will be remodeled. So I don't think that the Holy Jerusalem is going to come until <coughs> this occurs. But uh, at any rate, having a glory of God, her light, was li her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone clear as crystal. And so you can, you can read this in... Revelation 21 10 through 27 and of course it's got three gates on the east three gates on the north three gates on the south and three gates on the west now what's four times three it's twelve yeah because you have the names of the twelve tribes of Israel that are written and it says here, and it had a wall great and high and had 12 gates and at the gates 12 angels and the name written there on which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Now see, that's the foundation, Israel. And then you go on the east three gates, the north three gates, the south three gates and the west. And then it says, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations and then in, the, in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. So that's where you find the foundation of, of the apostles, the prophets, and then you have um, the, uh, the apostles, the prophets and the apostles. So that's a lot of work. I don't know if you understand that. but And of course it describes all of them. And so, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth to bring their glory and honor into it. And the gate shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. 
And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now see, the reason I'm reading this is because Isaiah makes a special point to talk about the nations, and the nations are coming, you know, to the Lord. And this is where it occurs, and this is what John is showing us. And uh, in verse 4 it says, Lift up thine eyes round about, and see all they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from far, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. And here Albert Brooks uh, uh, talks about this, or Albert Barnes rather. Jerusalem is addressed as a female with eyes cast down from grief, because it says, Lift up thine eyes. She is directed to lift them up and to see the great multitudes that were flocking to her. Wherever she could turn her eyes, she would behold them hastening to come unto her. The dispersed sons and daughters of the Jewish people would be gathered back. Now see, this is what literally uh, we're looking at. And we've been looking at this for quite a number of years. The Jews have been returning. Now even during this, that we're talking about this, since this horrible thing that took place in Israel, they have reported more and more Jews coming in, flying in every day to live in Israel. And so, you know, Israel is not like a Gentile nation. They are not like anything you've ever seen. This is the first nation and only nation to get a direct commendation from the God of all gods and to directly talk to them, directly appear to them, directly give them guidance. That's it. There's no other. None other. There's no other faith. There's no other religion. There's no other people that have had this. Only Israel. Now Israel came out of Isaac. Now the Muslims, the Arabs, came out of Ishmael. Now, while Ishmael also was given 12 tribes, he was also cast out of the camp. And so mom and the kid and everything took over. But the angel did tell him that God would bless them and he would become a great nation. And Ishmael has. There's 12 large tribes of Ishmael. And they have fought against the tribes of Isaac for a long time. But because of Christ's coming and redeeming everybody, Ishmael can be saved. So this is really amazing stuff because this book of Isaiah tells you that God's light is going to shine again that the children of Israel are going to be reunited again. That tells you that uh, uh, God's God's home, His own temple, which He, which is mentioned in Revelation, by the way, everything is going to be situated on Earth, but it's not going to be the Earth uh, Earth that you know. It'll be totally made over, and uh, you know. You might wonder what you're going to do, but uh, you have to understand that you're not going to have rocket ships. <laughs> you know, now in the stories in the Bible, we have when the angels came down and they talked with Abraham, they appeared as humans and they were walking on the earth, but still these same angels disappear and and they're not walking anywhere they just flat disappear and go back to heaven so you know when we talk about the angelics and talk about the what we're going to be like you just consider christ you know he appeared to the apostles and they had the door closed he appeared in the midst of them with the door closed he didn't come in through the door he just appeared and uh, he appeared to people they didn't recognize him even mary didn't recognize him till he said mary and then he said don't touch me i have not ascended to my father that's because he was ceremonially unclean 
because of being dead, nobody could touch him. So he had to go back up and, and see his father and get that taken care of according to the law. And uh, and again in 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 this section, and looking at this kingdom and this new Jerusalem, the type here would fit King Solomon in his reign at the time, because they were at the top of the peak. And so this one that is coming again, it will be the reign of the Son of God. And and this won't be there won't be any other reigns after this. And once Israel gets through this, and once the people get through, this is it. So if you mess this up, if, if you decide to take the, be, uh, the mark of the beast, if you do anything like that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect you the rest of your life, which will be in a place you won't like. So, and in looking at future prophecy, we see Messiah as Jesus Christ, Yahshua, Hamashiach. Uh, and he's mentioned as the Almighty in Revelation chapter 1. And uh, his kingdom in the millennial reign of Christ is also what we're looking at in here. And you can't take away, though, in all of this, which uh, some churches may want to do, you cannot take away one iota from Israel and their importance in this. Whether you like them or not, you don't have any choice. Because God Almighty says you're included, and that's what happens. The prophets have already written it. And uh, so those people, like the Muslims, who are dependent on uh, their their God and uh, Muhammad, I'm sorry to say, it just ain't going to work out for you because yeah. there is a true and living God and there is a Son of God and it isn't Him. And that's all there is to that. Whether you like it, whether you don't like it, I can't help it. That's the way it is. For the glory of the redeemed, both Israel and the Gentiles, and of the Messiah Yeshua, and all Israel, we find fulfillment. But we also find judgment for those who are disobedient. And uh, so the rest of this verse says, you know, uh, lift up thine eyes round about, all they gather themselves together, they come to thee, thy son shall come from far, thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Now this nurse properly means to stay, to sustain, support, to bear or carry a child. So the daughters are going to come back to Jerusalem and be nursed, sustained in this Jerusalem. And, and you know, make no mistake, this, this prophecy is just not about the end. It is about current right now at this moment. As Israel goes through trouble, and you know th there's going to be fulfillment. There also in the very end, um, and Zechariah covers this good. Um, when we look at the time when Israel is facing one of its dire needs, and matter of fact, it happens right when the Lord is coming, and He comes again, and uh, He puts an end to everything. And it's going to be at that time that they will recognize the Messiah. Um, it's just amazing to me when we look at Israel, that little spot in the earth that everybody hates with a devilish hate, hatred. That, that tells you one thing here, that Israel may be small, but not to God. And of course, in Isaiah forty-nine sixteen through uh, twenty-two, God again talks about your your sons and daughters are going to come, and He says, "I have graven you upon the palms of my hands; thy walls are continually before me. Thy children shall make haste; thy destroyers, uh, they that made thee waste, shall go forth of thee. Their enemies are going to not be around." Lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, saith the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all, as with an ornament, and bind them on thee as a bride doeth. For thy waste and thy desolate places and the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants, and they that swallowed thee up shall be far away. 
you know, small, tiny Israel, they're going to be filled to overflowing. The children which thou shalt have after thou hast lost the other, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of the Jews that have died, a lot of them have gone. He says, shall say again in thine ears, this place is too straight or too small. Give, give place to me that I may dwell. That's because he had so many kids that are growing. Then shalt thou say in thine heart, Who hath begotten me, seeing these I have lost my children, and am desolate, a captive, removing to and fro? Who has brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? Thus saith the Lord God, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles, and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. Now this is a big verse for a lot of Jews who watch this. And they see that the Gentiles are indeed going to help get this regathering. And Isaiah 66.10 says, uh, Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her. All you that love her, rejoice for joy with her, all you that mourn for her, that you may suck and be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations. In other words, she's going to be blessed. That's That you may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. You know, just like a little baby calf who's hungry and he sucks at his mama's tit to get uh, good uh, sustenance. So when this happens... You'll know it. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall you suck, you shall be borne upon her sides, and be dandled upon her knee. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you. Now see, all this again tells, tells Israel, even right now, that you're, you're going through this right now and your enemies are going to be stopped and you're going to grow again and you're going to be big again. You're going to be blessed again and you will know me and I will take care of you and I'll bring you home. Now see in Matthew, the Lord says this, many shall come and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. These are the ones that rejected what God was doing. But see, many are going to come. And I'm putting this down here to show you that when God says many are going to come, they're going to come. And we find it in the New Testament. We find it in the Old Testament. So this is confirmation. In verse 5 of that, it says, Then shalt thou see and flow together, and thy heart shall fear and be enlarged. The reason it's enlarged is it's filled with God's blessing and joy over what they see him do. You know, it's just like when you have something that happens to you that you could never guess and and it affects you in every ounce of your being. And that's what this is. You know, they're going to see what God will do. They're going to see after all the suffering. Now, see, this also goes for Christians. You know, our hope, you know, there's... You know, there's going to be, like scripture says, through much tribulation do we enter into the kingdom of God. But there's a reward, there's a healing. And so you're, your heart's going to be enlarged. It's just going to be all that love, all that time that you suffered, everything you went through is just going to be wiped away by the love of God and what he's done. And it's going to be so much. Your heart will just leap with joy. And it says, because of the abundance of the sea, now this refers to the rich seafaring people, and, and it's used as a figure of speech, but it says, shall be converted or turned unto thee, and the forces, that is the fullness, riches, and wealth, and resources of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. And um, 
the thing here is is that this looks beyond the return under Ezra and Nehemiah. This is in the future. This is in the future. So you are going to see that. Now a lot of people may not believe that, but it doesn't matter. There's going to be a time you will see, and you'll also see uh, Israel surrounded. And you're going to see the judgment that comes from that on those that come against her. And at that time, even China is going to be down there. It calls for the armies of the east. So we see a lot of stuff happening. And if we are in the end of days, then we're going to see more stuff than you'd ever thought you would see. And, and that's really the point here that I'm trying to give to you. Because, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm not one for putting out a whole road map on every little detail that's going to happen. I look to the end of it and I see Christ coming and triumphing. Now, Albert Barnes again says the true idea is doubtless that of rejoicing and denoting the happiness which will always exist. Now this, they refer to this as being in the church when many are seen to come and give themselves to God. And they refer to Jerusalem as being the church. Many of the early writers. Now, when you see all this happening, you're going to realize that God is doing a work. And see, all this is going to happen when God wants it to happen. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, this is Isaiah sixty fifteen, so that no man went through thee, I will make thee an eternal excellency, a joy of many nations. Now, see, Israel has gone through so many calamities, so many persecutions and trial, which she had to endure. But see, God says, I'm going to make you an eternal excellency. That is forever. A joy of many generations. They'll be totally changed. And so there's that. This is the fulfillment. And one of the things that we also see when we talk about promise is when the Gentiles were to receive the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God. Now see, in Acts 10, 45 and 40 through 47, Peter is the one in here, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. And that's because the Gentiles were always known as sinners, you know, lawless. You know, you, you didn't mess with them. I mean, even the rabbis today won't touch, shake hands with the Gentile because they're unclean but here and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God then answered Peter can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. See, on the baptism of the Spirit of God, both Jew and Gentile were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now see, that tells you at that point that God had officially accepted the Gentiles and that Jews and Gentiles together were now redeemed the same way and they could go to God. Now see, this is why it's so important to understand these things. That's why we have the Acts. That's why we had, uh, you know, the Apostles. Because God, just like Yahshua said, I've not come to destroy the law. I have come to fulfill the law. And so these are little events we find in Acts that happened that confirmed exactly what we're looking at when we look at parts of Isaiah. Now in Acts eleven seventeen through 18, it says this, 
Forasmuch then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, was, what was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then has God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Now see, we don't appreciate that today. You know, even in our churches, I don't think we appreciate this. But these people here, when they heard what the apostles were telling them, that God had given them the same gift that they had. It says they held their peace and glorified God. They were praising God. They didn't say nothing. They just praised God. They held their peace and glorified God. And then they said, God is also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. So make no mistake about it. When they say, why do you support Israel? We support Israel because they are in the Bible. And, and God is not done with them yet. Now see in Revelation 22 through 27, you again find the nations of them that are saved, that will walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. That's 21:24. And they should bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. That's verse 26. And so, <laughs> you know, for Gentiles, and, and I classify myself, I am a Gentile. And, you know, I, I was in raised in a Methodist church. And I knew about the stories of Jesus and everything, but I was a Gentile. I didn't do the things that the Jewish boys and girls did. I was a heathen. I was raised up a heathen. I was a Gentile. We had our own ways of doing things. Then God got a hold of my life. And it's the Spirit of God and the Word of God that changed me. I'm here today because of God Almighty, His Spirit and His Word, and the Son of God who died for me. He drugged me. You know, there's times I didn't want to. And He drugged me. Not with drugs, but He drugged me. Just like my mama used to do. Grab me by the ear and pull me out of the room or whatever. God has a way to wake you up. And see, so make no mistake about it. The Israel shall be saved. The Gentiles are going to be saved. And you've got to make sure you're on that train. Because there's not going to be another one. And there's no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved. Except through Jesus Christ. Yahshua HaMashiach, the only begotten Son of God and our Father. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Make no mistake about it. You're going to make the biggest mistakes in the world if you don't pay attention. And in Revelation 21, 24, the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it and the kings of the earth to bring their glory and honor into it. And that's another, the gates shall not be shut at all for day for there shall be no night there. I like that. Can you imagine being all day, all the time? So we see a lot of things happening here. And... <laughs> You know, in a lot of this, you know, we've been looking at Israel and God's promises on Israel and on on the world, you know, what, what God is going to do. And in verse 6, we change a little bit of a tone here. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all they from Sheba shall come. And they shall bring gold and incense. And they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. They're bringing gifts to Israel. Now here we see a land engaged in commerce. Because you have the camels and everything. And of course uh, we'll get down to the dromedaries here in a minute. So they're trading. It's filled with uh, trading nations. Now see, even Babylon, the, you know, a wicked nation, you know, uh, 
you know, it, it had a lot of trading. People traded with it. That's what they did. And they'd bring in their spices and jewels and gold. And they would trade with them, do various things. But here, they're bringing them to Jerusalem. And, uh, and it's because they are rejoicing in Jehovah, the God of Israel. And so, when you get down a little bit, now the, the the camels are going to cover the land. And when you look at this, you see a land covered with flocks and herds. But it does say camels, but we do see flocks and herds. And they also have a couple of different kinds of camels there. I didn't know. I have seen them before, but never thought about it. There are camels with one hump and camels with two humps. Now the two humps are from Midian. And Midian is the fourth son of Abraham and Ephah is the eldest son of Midian. So they both became nations. A place where they... And all they from Sheba shall come and they shall bring gold and incense and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. Well, the Lord says that the Gentiles, you know, the Gentiles are going to worship the Lord, the nations. And there will be nations. But there's there are nations that ain't going to make it here. So, the good thing about this, let me see where we're at. Yeah, we're not going to be able to do this. I'm going to have to do this next time. And so we'll we'll stop at uh, verse 6. But what I see here, more important, I see the fulfillment of the coming of the Son of God, Yahshua. I see the fulfillment of everything that they wanted to do to redeem Israel. I see a lot of things happening here. I see the coming of the Son of God. I see the thousand year millennial reign of Christ. I've seen the end of the devil. Dear God in heaven, it'll be such a great day. Amen. It will be. You know, we're not going to have what we have today. You're going to be glorified. You're not going to sweat all the time. You're not going to need a bath all the time. You know, you're not going to lose your hair. You're going to be glorified. You know, glorified. Did you get, did you have that? Father, thank you for this word. Bless this word to those that hear it whenever they do. Dear God, we rejoice in what we see. We thank you for your mercy and what you've done for Israel and what you've done for the nations of men by sending your son who died for our sins. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, Tower. Thank you. Boy, what we have to look forward to. I look forward to the coming of the, of the Lord and the new Jerusalem and the wickedness being gone. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. We're going to have to sign out. Okay, well, thank you for joining, joining us, everybody. Whenever you do, we always love to hear from you and love having you join us. We thank you for all you do for the Lord. And remember to pray for your brethren around the world. And we pray for you and please pray for us. And we always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. We love you and be safe, be careful, and look to the Lord in all your ways. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go to our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Until next time, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.